I want to begin a new series uh, with you today, and it's simply called Bold, and we're going to be talking through the book of Acts, such an incredible um, story that unfolds in the book of Acts, and um, the, the, the things that the disciples were facing in their world, if we really understood them, we would have so much respect for these men and women of God who laid it all on the line to serve Jesus, to see the church expanded and take over the world. We have what we have this morning because after Jesus ascended into the heavens, about 120 men and women of God faced their fears. They faced threats of violence. Many of them were martyred, but they forged on anyway, and the church was born. And now, thousands of years later, we are here celebrating freely in the presence of God. How did they do this? Let, let's, let's talk about a little of the backstory. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4, uh, but, we'll, but we'll talk about the, the backstory. Jesus, as you know, he's arrested, he's put on trial. He's then, uh, he's then beaten and crucified. He dies on the cross. They put him in the tomb. How many of you know the story? Okay. Three days later, he, he is raised from the dead. He is resurrected from the dead. This was quite a controversy in those days. The, uh, the high priests were declaring that they had stolen Jesus' body. It's one of the reasons that Jesus, in his resurrected form, stayed on the earth so long was because he was appearing to hundreds and hundreds of people uh, so that lots, it wasn't just like one crazy disciple said, yes, I saw Jesus in his resurrected form, but there had to be hundreds of people that saw him. And so Jesus laid out this plan perfectly. And finally, Jesus ascends into the heavens and he said, okay, guys, I'm leaving this with you. In the process of that, he restored one of my favorite uh, disciples, and it was the Apostle Peter. Peter was a, was a wonderful man. He became uh, the first leader of the church, uh, the first pastor of the church, if you will, and really helped uh, restore and, and, and lift up and strengthen his brothers, his, his, the other disciples, because they were scattered after Jesus. Jesus, uh, you know, he, he, he restored Peter, even though Peter had denied him, because Peter was a, he was a man with, um, he had bold words, but timid actions, if you understand what that means. He, he, he could talk a really good talk, but when it came time to acting, sometimes he struggled. He had bold intentions, but he had timid actions. What do you mean? It, it, was, it was Peter that when Jesus said, you're all going to deny me, you're all going to be, uh, uh, you're all going to run tonight. Peter said, even if all should deny you, I will never deny you. And yet, it was Peter who denied Jesus three times when Jesus needed him the most. Peter denied him even when the young girl comes up and is saying, weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you that from Galilee? And Peter says, I don't even know the man. Suddenly the rooster crows and Peter realizes, man, I had bold intentions, but I failed to follow through. But I love Jesus because Jesus didn't leave him in that state of failure, in that state of, uh, uh, of knowing that he had 
uh, bailed on Jesus. He didn't leave him there, but he restored him. Now, we find the disciples in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. They're praying and, and they're seeking God and they're waiting on the Holy Spirit to arrive. You know the story. The Holy Spirit descends, fire on top of their head. They begin speaking in other tongues. God begins moving. They, they come out and it's Peter, the same Peter who denied Jesus to the young girl, the same Peter who said, even if all should deny you, I never will. And then he turned right around and did it three times within hours of making that statement. And, and then suddenly, Peter stands up and something got on Peter. Something shifted in Peter. Something changed in Peter because he wasn't the same guy with bold intentions but timid actions. Now he had bold intentions, but he had a, a supernatural spiritual boldness that was rising up on him and it came from the Holy Spirit. And he stands up and he begins, begins preaching. And he's preaching and he's preaching. And, and remember, m- many of the people he was preaching to uh, were the same people that had just yelled, crucify him to Jesus. Remember, Pilate was going to let Jesus off. And yet the crowd said, no, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And now Peter is preaching to those same people. And pre- Peter doesn't preach a warm and fuzzy sermon. Peter calls them a crooked or a corrupt generation. He says, you need to repent and you need to turn from your wicked ways. Scary moment when you realize that the same people that just killed Jesus are now staring at you and you're preaching the same message that Jesus just preached. Are you next on the chopping block, if you will? Bold. They leave there. 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. What a moment that must have been. They keep going. They don't know what to do now. These guys don't know how to have church. Jesus said, upon you, Peter, I will build my church. But they don't know how to build a church. So they just start learning. They form a community. You know, every church ought to be a community. And they start having small groups or life teams and they're meeting at each other's house and they're praying together and they're learning together and they're encouraging each other and they're lifting each other up and, and they're they're doing uh, bible studies if you will they were studying the scriptures and the teaching of jesus and and the apostles were preaching and and they were they were learning and they're, they're building each other up in this faith but they were also good practicing jews at the same time because in from their perspective, there was no difference between uh, Judaism, Judaism, and they weren't even called Christians yet, because Jesus was the fulfillment and is the fulfillment of everything that was prophesied in the Old Testament. So they continued going to the temple and worshiping and praying every day. One day they're going by and they're headed to the three o'clock worship service. And as they walk through the temple gates, there is a crippled beggar there, and, and he had been crippled for his entire life. And he reaches up, and, he, and all he did, he just asked for money every day because he couldn't work. He, he, he was crippled. And he said, hey, I, I need some money. And Peter and John look at him, and they say, man, we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. And they grabbed that man by his hand. They lifted him up. God strengthened his ankles and strengthened his legs. And he began to jump and dance and shout and took off running, screaming and praising God. What a moment. But now here's the thing. We see this as a great thing. But the temple guards were there. 
and the Sadducees were there, and they did not see it as a good thing. We see the boldness of Peter, and we see a miracle that was done, and we say, thank you, God, but they didn't see it that way. They arrest Peter and John, and they bring them into the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was a, a, a group of Sadducees uh, that were, that were ru- ruling at that time. And basically what they would do is they sat in a circle and they would bring in the person, in this instance, Peter and John, and you would stand in the middle of the circle <coughs> Excuse me, while they were sitting there in their robes uh, encircling around you. Yes, sir. And you would, they would ask you questions as if you were on trial, because that's what you were, and you would respond, and based off your responses, they would decide on your fate. Again, remember now that these are the same people, uh, many of the same people who crucified Jesus, who, who, who mocked him, and ended up killing him. We pick up now, because they had, they had one main question. They wanted to know this, by what power or in whose name did you do this miracle? They weren't upset about the miracle, they were upset about in whose name did you do the miracle. Isn't it interesting that even in our day, the name of Jesus is so controversial? You're fine if you talk about a higher power or, or a higher, a greater being. You're, you're even fine if you use the word God, maybe even the Father God. But the moment you put that word in Jesus, people start getting offended. Because when you pray in the name of Jesus, it, it is a distinctive thing. It is, it, 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 Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So when you pray in the name of Jesus, it pushes away everything else. It's not that we don't love everyone, but we don't believe that there are multiple ways to get to God. There's one way. And so Jesus is a a dividing factor. And the same way it is today is the way it was then. A few years ago, uh, when I first came to Beaumont, a friend of mine, uh, a member of the church, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, uh, Terry Boudier, he convinced me to join a, a local club here of businessmen. And so I did, and I was the youngest person there, and I was really awkward, but I went and had a good time, met some great people. God did some really cool things uh, while I was a part of, of that group. And, uh, but one day they called me and they said, when we start the service, the, the meeting today, we want you to pray. And I'm like, outstanding. Yes, I'm in. So I, I agree to pray. Well, about two days later, I get a call from another guy. And he says, I hear you said yes to pray. I said, yes, sir, I did. I'm very honored and I'm looking forward to it. He goes, did they tell you the rules of prayer? I said, No. I figured I was just going to get up and pray. And he said, well, he said, uh, he said, we're excited to have you pray, but we don't want to offend anyone. He said, so basically, you can't use the name of Jesus. And I said, well, who, who, whose name do I use? <laughs> and he said, well, you can use God, you can use Father you can use king, you can use, but you cannot use the name of Jesus. I look back on that now, and I wish I had handled it differently. At the time, I was, I was man, it seems like forever ago. It was 10 years or so ago now, and 
And uh, I, I wish that I had said, thank you for the opportunity, but I'm going to pray in Jesus' name or I'm not going to. I didn't do that. Uh, I got up. I got as close to it as I could. I prayed in God the Father. I said, Lord and Savior, but I stopped before I said, Jesus Christ, right? But that's the world we live in. We're okay with God, but we're not okay with Jesus because Jesus is a distinguishing name. And they wanted to know one thing. Peter and John, in whose name, by whose power did you do this? We're going to pick up now in Acts chapter 4. Everybody with us? All right. Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. I love it. Here he comes with the Holy Spirit again. Filled up. He said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? This is a rhetorical question because Peter knew the answer. No, you're not mad because the guy was healed. You're upset because of whose name we did it in. Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel. I love this. Peter, he's, he's bold right here. He says, I'm going to make it clear. I know what you're asking me. You're wanting me to say whether or not I did it in the name of Jesus. Let me be clear that he was healed by the powerful name, not just any name, but by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. He goes on, watch what he says, the man you crucified, but he is rubbing it in now. Remember, these guys are deciding his fate. They can crucify him just like they did Jesus. And he says, I did it in the name of Je the powerful name of Jesus Christ. By the way, the same man who you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. Whew. That Peter is getting it right here. You say, well, why did he say God raised from the dead? The Sadducees did not believe in a resurrection of any kind. So, so not only did he say, I did it in the name of Jesus. Not only did he say, you crucified him, by the way. But then he says, you don't believe in resurrection, but you're wrong about that too. Even though you make yourself out to be the smartest people around, you are wrong because Jesus was raised from the dead. Boy, he is hitting them on every side. Can you feel the boldness of Peter standing up? Whew. Skip down to verse 13. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see, I love this, that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They also recognized them as men. Who had been with Jesus. We're starting a new series today. It's called Bold. And I just want to talk to you today on this subject. Amazing boldness. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence that's here today. I love you so much. I'm asking that you open our hearts and our minds and our spirits to hear from you. And to be challenged by the power of your word. Speak to us today, God. Strengthen us. Give us supernatural boldness. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you're following along uh, on your app notes, uh, I'm going to give you three 
bold facts today. But before I do, let's talk about this word boldness. What is boldness? Boldness is behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. What you believe determines how you behave. What you believe determines what you say. What you believe determines how strong and how passionately you say it. You talk to someone about their favorite sports team. You, talk, you, 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 you ask them something and, and maybe you feel differently. But, but passionate people that really believe that you know, the, the, the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl this year. They get pumped up. They start to stand a little hot taller. They get a little more aggressive. Don't be talking about Tony Romo like that. He's got more comeback wins than anybody else in his, in, in, in his time that he's been playing the game. And he's, and he's got all the stats in the Cowboy. He is the man back up off of him. Why? Because they, they believe something so deeply. Hey, I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm praying. I'm not sure that I'm believing, but I'm praying. And, but, but, it, but it gets deep in you, and they get passionate, and they get bold. And then the other side's talking about, you know, maybe you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I don't know why you would be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You know who I'm talking to right now. Um, but, but, but you get passionate, you're like, but, no, but Ben Roethlisberger, man, he's, he's got two ch- Super Bowl rings and, and he can throw the ball a mile and he, you know, he can do all this and they've got the best receiver in the game. And, you know, just, and so then they're just, they're just boldness going back and forth and most of it is just hogwash. Hogwash, y'all don't know what that is? Okay. Been hanging around my dad a little bit the last few days, I'm sorry. But our boldness, it's behavior, it's language, it's actions born out of what we deeply believe. So let me ask you this question. What do you believe about God? What do you believe about God? What do you believe that God wants for you, has for you, has done for you, or is planning to do for you? If you're worried about what people think, you'll be timid. But God wants you to be bold. In fact, the Holy Spirit fills us and empowers us. Are you bold in your faith? Are you bold in your walk with God? Are you bold in your behavior? What do you believe about God? And here's what I want to differentiate here. It's not about what do you say you believe about God, but what do you really believe about God? Have you ever talked to someone who says things, but the moment you hear them say it, you know they're empty words. I had a uh, situation, uh, uh, not a situation, but uh, years ago we had a tour uh, destined for deliverance, and we'd take you know, 80 to 100 students all over the country for two weeks, and we did this program, and we, and we sang, and we danced, and we preached, and and uh, so I, I was one of the guys doing the final altar call, and we broke chains, and man, it was powerful. God was doing incredible things. Man, you, when you get uh, 80 or 100 kids full of the Holy Ghost and seeking God and praying every day and fasting, man, God moved. But I'll never forget, I was in Phoenix, Arizona, we, or we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and man, we just had this powerful service. God was doing miracles, and, and just, uh, man, people were getting delivered and, and set free. And towards the end of the altar time there, uh, they brought a person 
that was crippled and desperately needed a miracle. They, they rolled them up and they came straight to me. I had been the one leading the end of the service. They brought them right to me for me to pray for. And they said, desperately need a miracle. Uh, he's been crippled for however long, whatever. I forget the exact situation of what happened. They said, we just believe that if you pray today, God's going to do a miracle. And I'll never forget because in the midst of all the great things that God had been doing, and we were about halfway through our trip. And all the miracles I'd seen in my life, somehow, in that moment, I lost all of my faith. I did not believe that God was going to heal this person. I believe that God can because I had seen it. But in that moment, I knew I'm about to pray, but I don't have any faith. And I'm praying, and I prayed for them, but I prayed empty words that meant nothing and did nothing. Because I knew in my heart, I didn't believe. Boldness, bold prayers, it, it, they're born out of what you believe. It broke me. I, w- I went to the hotel that night, and as I laid down, I just, I, ju- I just was broken before God. And no one else knew what was going on. I didn't talk about it to anyone. And I'm one of the leaders on this trip. You can't be talking about not having faith while you're trying to lead this trip and you're trying to preach the gospel. But I made a determination there that I will never pray another prayer that I don't believe that God's about to answer. I'm just, I'm just believing that, it, that, that God is going to do some bold things. Some, we're going to see some bold spiritual results as we pray bold prayers. The word boldness, it comes from, the, it's the Greek word peresia. Peresia means outspokenness, assurance, courage, confidence, uh, to act without fear. See, in that moment when I was praying for that person, I had such fear that it wasn't going to happen that I, it, it stole all my faith that it was going to happen. I've prayed for people. I've seen miracles. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen the deaf speak, but in that moment I didn't have it. I, didn't, I had lost my boldness. So, Peter and John, they're so bold they, they amazed the three people threatening to imprison them. Whose name did you do this in? Three bold facts today. Here we go. Number one, God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. God gives ordinary people extraordinary boldness. Look, he said, the members of a council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. These guys weren't anything special. They were former fishermen. That's what they had done for a living. And when Jesus uh, died, they went back to fishing again. Jesus had to go pull them out of the lake again. You look at this word. You know, they hadn't been to any Bible schools or seminaries. They didn't have on the robes and the headgear that, that all of the Sadducees had. They were just ordinary men. The Greek word there uh, is the word Idiotes. Idiotes. You see it right there? It translates as ordinary or unlearned or unschooled or uneducated. But the, the, the translators were being kind to the disciples right here because you might guess that the most literal translation of this word into the English language idiots. Can I translate this for you? They were amazed at these idiots. 
That, I mean, that's, that's the word. Uh, if you don't like the word idiots, the other word that it most directly translates to is ignoramus. They were blown away at these idiots that had no special training, and yet they were so bold. God uses ordinary people. Why this word? Why did, did Luke put this in there? Luke was a doctor, and he was very detailed, and he, and he put things in. Luke was the writer of, of the book of Acts, uh, and he put specific things in. I, and, and I really believe, because Luke wanted to make sure we knew uh, he wanted to make sure that we all know that you don't have to be a preacher. You may not be the most mature Christian. You may just be a, a stay-at-home mom or a high school student or a refinery worker or whatever it is that you do. But your boldness can amaze the world. God wants to use you. We like to disqualify ourselves. Well, I don't know enough. I hadn't been to enough church. I, I hadn't been here long enough. And I messed up last week. And, and that, but that's not what God is wanting from us. He just wants us to be bold. You can be bold with your behavior wherever you are. You can walk away from a fight. You can dress modestly when no one else is. You don't have to sleep around. You could read your Bible every day. You could walk away from that uh, shady business deal. You could just not go watch that popular movie. Ordinary people can be bold too. And that leads us to bold fact number two. Are you out there? Number two, your boldness will amaze the world. When you stand up for what you believe in, when you live for Jesus, the, the darker our world gets, the more we need bold people to stand up and be alive. And when you do, it will be attractive to people. I turn out all the lights in this room, and, then we, and it gets pitch black, and we just turn one on. You know what's going to happen? Every one of us are automatically going to look right up at it. Because that's what light in the midst of darkness does. When you decide, I am going to be bold in my life, in my world every day, it will amaze the world around you. You will suddenly be able to, to get people's attention, to point them to Jesus, to make a difference. You said, I want to make a difference in my world. You can have that opportunity, but you have to be willing to be bold. Can I get an amen? amen. It will amaze the world. I love that they said they could see the boldness of these men. Boldness is loud sometimes. Boldness is standing up and preaching sometimes. Sometimes boldness is silent. Remember, Jesus was silent before his accusers, and yet that was a bold thing to do. Sometimes boldness is loud, and sometimes boldness is soft, but boldness is always visible, and it always makes an impact. The Sanhedrin had the power to put them to death, but the disciples didn't care. They were bold. They acted out of what they believed. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time that someone was amazed by your boldness about God? When was the last time? Can you remember the last time you did something or said something or didn't do something that amazed the people around you and you did it because of what you believed about God? If I were to give you and ask you to give yourself a scale of 1 to 10, where would you rank? 1 being 
I never do anything bold for God. And 10 being, I do things bold for God every week, every day. Where would you stand? In the next few weeks, beginning today, I am praying for you, praying for me, that, that a boldness would rise up in us to be able to stand strong in the face of adversity, to be able to say the right thing, the bold thing, to do the right thing or not do the wrong thing, to be bold and to amaze the world and, and give glory to God all the way through. When was the last time you did something truly bold? If you haven't, there might be a reason for it. Luke gives us some insight into why these guys were so bold. Number three, spiritual boldness comes from knowing Christ. Comes from knowing Christ. The, the, the way this thing works, and you see it right here, they also recognize them as men who had been with Jesus. They recognize this guy's been with Jesus. It's hard to be bold if you haven't first been with Jesus. You see, the, the goal is not boldness. Knowing God is the goal. Boldness is the byproduct of that relationship. Here's how it works. It, it, it's a cycle, and if they have, this, uh, they have this graph, they can put it up on the screen for me. And, and the first thing is this, time. Time with God is where it all starts. That's how we get to know God. It starts with time with Him. The more time you spend with God, the more your faith gets stronger. If you don't spend time with God, you tend to not believe in Him. You tend to not know Him and know how good He is, know what He's capable of. So it starts with time. The more time we have with Him, just like the disciples, it built their faith. It builds what we believe about God and what we believe God has for us. Out of that faith, out of that belief, remember that boldness is born out of belief. So now the third thing is, we, the, the stronger our faith becomes, the more bold we get about it. The more we believe, the more we bold we get on acting out that belief. And then the final thing is, when you act in boldness, full of faith, you've spent time with God, you see great spiritual results. Have you seen any great spiritual results lately? Well, let me back it up. Have you done anything bold lately? Have you prayed any bold prayers lately? I'm not talking about the, the drive-by, God bless you prayer. Or God loves you, as you're also flipping them off. <laughs> Don't act like you've never done it. Come on now. We've all been redeemed. It's okay. <laughs> Have you done anything truly bold? Have you prayed anything truly bold? You're not going to see bold spiritual results without doing something bold for God. And see, it backs up. Well, we didn't do anything bold because we didn't really believe. We didn't really believe because we hadn't spent any time with God. You see, we want to start at number four. We want to see the results and say, God, if you'll do this for me, then I'll love you. And I'm not going to say that God never does that because he does. You've heard the stories. But for the most part, this is how the process works. We spend time with God. It builds our faith. Then we become bold in our prayers and bold in our actions and bold in our words. And out of that, we see great spiritual results.
which way are you working? Have you fallen off at one of these? You say, well, I've been, I've been spending time with him, but, but I, my faith is still low. Okay, well, we can address that. I, I'm believing, but pastor, I'm, I'm struggling to get that boldness. Okay, we'll work on that. Or do you just need to start at spending time with God? Twice a year, uh, here at Triumph, a few years ago we started this. We take two times a year, and we encourage all of our people to pray with us for 21 days. And we start that today. 21 days of prayer starts today. You should have received this, um, this little devotional. Uh, it should have been on your chair when you came in. If you didn't, we have one for you. Uh, we'd, we'd love for you to have one. You say, well, I don't know what to pray, and I don't know what to read. Listen, uh, just, just do this right here. It's, it, you know, if you're a deep, spiritually mature person, this may not be quite enough for you. That's fine. But I think everyone who does this will draw closer to God. You'll spend time with God. It only takes a few minutes, but you'll spend time with God. And as you work through this and as you pray through this, I believe that your faith and your belief is going to be built in God. Out of that, I'm believing that God is going to give you a supernatural boldness that amazes the world. And in 21 days... We're going to see some great, powerful, incredible spiritual results. I believe God's going to do things in your life. So take this book, pray for some, write some things down, some prayer directives you have, and just go through it every day. It, it shouldn't take more than about 20 minutes of your time. But if you'll do this, you'll see your faith be built, and you won't be afraid. The reason Peter could stand in front of the Sanhedrin and declare those things is because he had been with Jesus. Spend a little time with Jesus. And watch how your faith will be built and your boldness will be built. And out of those things, you're going to see God do things in your life. Will you join with me and pray for 21 days? You don't have to fast. and you know, we, we, we do prayer and fasting in January. But in August, we do prayer and feasting. So eat and be happy and, and, and enjoy your life. But spend some time with God. Will you do that with me? If you're watching online, I want you to engage in the process with us. This week, we're going to put this manual online, if my team would help me. And we're going to upload this. We have a, a link where you can uh, download a PDF uh, or something. I don't know how we'll do it. But if you'll look back this week, we'll try to get this up, and you can join with us and, uh, and, and pray with us. Just see what God would do in your life uh, in the next 21 days. So... The Sanhedrin realizes they're not going to be able to change what has already happened, so they threaten Peter and John. And they say, you can leave, but stop talking about the name of Jesus. Stop um, telling everyone about what Jesus did and talking about the resurrection. And I love this in verse 20. After all these threats, remember, they're still in this moment where they could be martyred right here. Peter's not backing down now. He's got this thing going his direction. And I love what he says in verse 20. We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and we have heard. He said this, Do you think I'm going to obey God or men? I'm obeying God. I want to challenge you in your life to amazing boldness. Not to obey men, but to obey God. To speak about what He's done in your life. 
You, you don't have to be a theologian to have amazing boldness. All you have to do is just be ordinary, but let the Holy Spirit fill you, spend time with Jesus, grow in your faith, and allow boldness to come out of that relationship with Him. And watch what God will do in your life. Peter said, we can't stop. But I wonder how many today said, I've never started. I've never done anything bold for Jesus. Some of you may be even saying, I've never even made a bold declaration that I'm going to live for him and he's going to be my Lord and my Savior. Today we can get on the right path. If you want to make a bold declaration today, Maybe you're watching online and you say, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I want him to be my Lord. My, my, I want my life to belong to him. I don't want to live for anyone else. But I want him to save me and forgive me and fill me with his spirit. Normally at this time, I would ask you to close your eyes and bow your head. But today we're talking about boldness. And I wonder how many would be willing to make a bold statement in this safe place that you want to give your life to Jesus and make a fresh start with Him. Just raise your hand if you're watching online. Yeah, there are hands going up all over. Man. Why don't we all stand together and let's pray this prayer together today. Thank you for those that raised your hands. Let's all pray this prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son Jesus. He died for me. He rose again. He forgave me of my sins. And I'm so grateful for it. Jesus, you are my Lord. You're my Savior. You're my King. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, I declare over this church that we will be people with amazing boldness, that as we spend time with you, our faith would be built, what we believe would be built, and a boldness would come from within that relationship with you that cannot be shut down. And we will say, like Peter and John said, we cannot stop telling of what Jesus did for us. We cannot stop living how Jesus told us to live because we know him and we have been with him. Touch us, oh God. Be with us. In Jesus' name, Father, the next 21 days, I am praying that, that we would speak and declare bold things and that we would ask you and pray bold prayers and you are going to answer your people. I prophesy it now. Bold prayers will be answered with great spiritual results. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.